the Bible Study Podcast, episode 222. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of freedom. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we jump back into this study of freedom, I want to jump back into the Levitical law. Now, that may seem to you to be completely the wrong direction to go to if we want to talk about freedom. Because remember, we talked last time about the very first thing that God did when he brought these people out of Egypt, these Israelite people, and went to make them a nation as he gave them laws. Well, laws doesn't seem to us to have anything to do with freedom. And yet what he was intending is that this, these are the laws that would protect them in the sense that these are the laws that would tell them how to behave towards one another, how to get along with God and with each other. But it's interesting to note, because even if you think that law is the opposite of freedom, that in the Levitical law, in Leviticus 25, is an interesting passage. And that's a passage that has to do with the sabbatical year and the year of Jubilee. The sabbatical year was intended to be every seventh year, and the year of Jubilee every seven seventh. And the sabbatical year was intended to be a year of rest, a year of rest for the land as well as for the people to let the land go fallow in the sense to give the land and allow it a chance to restore itself. But the year of Jubilee that talks about in Leviticus 25, starting in verse 8, says this, Count off seven sabbatical years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh sabbatical years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a year of jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee year for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is holy to you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since Jubilee, and they are to sell you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. When the years are many, you are to increase the price. When they are few, you are to decrease the price because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. And then skipping down a bit, in case that wasn't obvious enough, the land must not be sold permanently, here from verse 23, because the land is mine and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. If, however, there is no one to redeem it from them, but later on they prosper and acquire sufficient means to redeem it themselves, they are to determine the value for the years since they sold it and refund the balance to the one to whom they sold it. They can go back to their own property, but if they do not acquire the means to repay, what was sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. It will be returned in the Jubilee, and they can go back to their properties. So what is this 
regulation talking about? Why is it there? As far as we know, this is a year of Jubilee. This 50th year is not something that is ever recorded that the people of Israel observed. But what was God's intention as he gave them this ruling? If you think about it, what happens is over time, some people are good at managing money and some people are not as good. This is something that we have seen. This is something that we know to be true. And so over time, a lot of the wealth will drift towards the people and the families that are good at managing money. But the intention here for God is that every 50th year, there was a leveling. Every 50th year, there was a reset. And we'd start over again, and the land would go back, and this tribe would have all the land that was originally given to them, and the other tribe would have all the land originally given to them. The families would have the lands given to them. And everyone would get a fresh start every 50 years. You could still get in trouble and you could still have to sell your land, but you couldn't sell your land permanently. You could only sell it up until that reset year, up until that year of Jubilee. Now, this is sounds very uncapitalistic, but there's a point here that God was providing a mechanism within the law, within the Levitical law, from freedom a freedom from the cycle of bondage to debt. And it's interesting, I think, that God thought of this. Basically, at every 50th year, you all of the slaves would go free too. Because at that time, a slave is, either becomes a slave through captivity, because of a battle, or because of a debt. And everyone is given a new chance. Now, what can we learn from that? Is this something that we should write into our own law? Well, maybe not, although it's something that is worth considering perhaps, but it's going to certainly be disruptive to our way of life. But if we don't get how disruptive this would be, then we don't get the idea of that what God intends might be different from our way of life. Because remember, this is something that God intended because he is trying to accomplish something here. He is trying to provide a mechanism for the ongoing and reoccurring mechanism for freedom. So God cared for the Israelites as a people, as individuals, and as a society, and was providing this mechanism by which they would gain freedom from one another as well. What would it be like to have a year of Jubilee? What would it be like if next year everything that we had lost was returned, everything that held us in bondage was broken? What would that be like if there was a periodic redemption of the people? And did you notice here, redemption is an interesting word. Redemption is a monetary word. Now, we don't often think of that. We think of redemption as a holy word. We think of redemption as a churchy word. But redemption is, in its original form, a monetary word. Something is taken to the pawnbroker. And you get money back because you took this to the pawnbroker. But you get a chance when you get enough money to go back and redeem that item. That's what the redemption here is talking about. And it's also when you talk about it as a churchy word that we have been redeemed, that we have been bought at a price. That's the meaning of that phrase as well. Because God's intention is freedom. God's intention when he bought us was to set us free. 
God's intention with the people of Israel as he got them out of Egypt was that they become free and stay free. Also in Isaiah 51, there's this wonderful prophecy about the year of the Lord's favor. Remember I was asking, what would it be like if you had a year next year where we had this year of Jubilee? I think the prophet Isaiah gives us a little idea of what would it be like if freedom reigned. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart of, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It is my belief that God intends us, as he says through the prophet Isaiah in this section, this freedom for the captives, this release for the prisoners, that God intends us freedom, freedom from all those things that hold us in bondage. Monetary things, spiritual things, that God wishes for us and desires for us, that we are free to be his. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.